Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. All right, here we go with another edition of the Overflow. Man, I'm so fired up. Oh, man, this is going to be, this content is uh, for those of us, for those of you who are really serious about figuring out how life works, for those of you who are really serious about allowing God our Father to speak to you, to the mechanics of your life, to open up the hood of your car, the car of your life, and begin to tinker around and pull things apart and put some healthy things back in and fix some stuff and tweak some stuff. Man, this is just, the opportunity for life is just so profound and so powerful. I hope that uh, this life of Jotham that we've been uh, working in that we're going to dig around a lot more in today has been helpful to you and will continue to be so uh, throughout uh, throughout this year. If this is your uh, first time, second time, third time listening to Overflow, welcome in. Great to have you. Uh, Jim Stern, uh, great to be alongside with you. Trexo.org is my website. You want to hit that uh, notification button to make sure you're up to date on all the stuff uh, that we uh, that we put out, all the content that, that we put out, seeking to be a proactive source of life in the name of the Father, the Son, and the uh, and the Holy Spirit. I love uh, I love uh, really uh, simple things that that just cut to the core. Simple things, uh, and it's it, it's uh, it's crazy how uh, fragile man can be, and how quickly uh, we can be uh, we can be exposed. What I what I mean by that is that one example of how quickly we can be exposed is this three words three word question that will very quickly expose our course. Three words that will slide right past our resumes, areas of expertise, passion projects, bank accounts, every other distraction in which we engage. Three words, just one question, three words. And um, I am staggered by the amount of power that is bound up in in this question and in the answering of this question. And the question is really simple. Who are you? Who are you? Or to personalize it for yourself, who am I? Who am I? I mean, I love, I love this question because it can, if we will allow it, expose so much uh, in our uh, in our lives. Uh, the answer, and this is where I say that the power built up in this question is staggering to me because the answer, how you answer this question, can either be a wellspring of vitality and liveliness and confidence and rest and power and so much more. It can either be that or the answer can also be a source of depression and instability and insecurity and fear and death and terror and so much more. Life and death, light and darkness, joy and despair, all from the exact, all from the exact same source, uh, and so this this question and Jotham's life, as we're going to see, just just does not allow us to escape it. Thankfully, so because I mean, considering your own life, when you look in the mirror, how great do you feel about what you see? How great do you feel about who you see, and and why? Why do you feel that way? To the good, or the bad, or the up, or the down, or the right, or the left, whatever. Why do you feel that way? And how much of your day do you encounter the, your own personal internal volatility, the noisiness, the crowd, the loudness of what's going on inside of you? And what a joy it would be to have all of that quieted, to be able to turn down the voices 
and live uh, in the strength and the confidence and the quietness and the peace of, of something that is internally uh, has been satisfied, answered. Uh, that's what's at stake. That's the power of allowing ourselves to press in with great seriousness into this question, who are you? We're not of those as followers of Jesus. We're not of those who ignore this question. We're not of those who run away from it. We're not of those who hide from it. We are supposed to be of those in the, as followers of Christ who allow these things to get exposed in us. We are, we are those who turn into these deeper questions, these penetrating questions, allow the light of Christ in, do some great, great, great stuff. Uh, and so with, with so much at stake, in answering this question, we would be exceedingly wise to be careful who we let define us. Like, how do we answer the question, who are we? Who are we going to allow to define who we are? Now, Google, the wonderful, powerful tool of Google, has given us consumers, you and I, end users, the power of researching the quality of restaurants, of doctors, of plumbers, of lawyers, and anyone else that we may need to help us. And we are wise in all of those areas of our lives to research, for example, a local plumber. We would be wise to research local plumbers to find one who has a great reputation because having a bad plumber is not just, 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 just not good. When you're bringing in a plumber to, to, to clean out a drain or to fix your water heater or what, man, you want somebody that is of high reputation that knows exactly what you're doing. You don't want to expose your plumbing just to anybody. So if we understand the value of being careful in who we let clean our drains, how much more, how much more should we research and evaluate who we're going to let actively define who we are, actively define who we are. We got to be careful about that. And by actively define, catch this, this is real important. By actively define, I mean, from whom or from, from where do we draw daily to determine our identity? So all day, every day, you are actively drawing on someone or someones or somewhere or wherever all this, this, this consortium of things, of influences that, may, that you are drawing from daily, room to room. It, it can change. But you are actively drawing. You are getting juice from or trying to get juice from different persons or people or individuals. And you are drawing energy from them. You're drawing words from them about who you are. Well, if it's... If we understand the wisdom of being super careful and choosing who our plumber is, how much more should we be careful? How much more intentional should we be in, in who we look to to define who we are? Are we going to actively define ourselves? Is that going to be the source of our definition? Is our identity going to be determined by whoever's in the next room in which we enter? Is our identity going to be determined by our mom and dad? And every day, even as you read this, from what fountain do you drink? Who is it that you are letting define you in your lives? Now, in the first overflow of 2024, the last episode that we did, we met a guy by the name of Jotham, who is a Judean king in the lineage of David. Judean king in the lineage of David. We find out his story, 2 Chronicles chapter 27. 2 Chronicles chapter 27 verse 6 says about Jotham that he became mighty because he ordered his ways before the Lord his God. He became mighty. That's a great title. He became mighty because he ordered his way before the Lord. Last week, we did this, this overview of 2 Chronicles 27, 1-9, from which we distilled three keys from Jotham's life that we can embrace 
that will generate not only a powerful 2024, but a powerful life for ourselves. We want to wake up every day, get our minds right on a on the power potential of that day. We want to get up every day and lean in to the kingdom of God so that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to accomplish what it is that he has for us to be who it is. And so we're distilling from the life of Jotham three key ingredients that if we can embrace will generate that kind of power life. And there's three ingredients that we looked at last week. B, I got a B, who got my father's call me B, I got to build and I got to fight. B, build and fight. B, build, fight. B, build, fight. And we're just going to keep we're just going to keep exploring each of these themes throughout the year that we have together, 2024, in uh, in Overflow. So in this Overflow, we're going to explore in a little bit deeper way, what does it mean to be? I want to step strongly and, and joyfully and happily into answering this question, who am I? I, want, I, want, I don't want you to be afraid of that question. I don't want that question to expose any darkness in you. I don't want that question to be uh, a question that causes tremor inside of you. I want that question to be something that, that you are happy to answer. Oh, my gosh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, and and we can certainly uh, we can certainly get there. There is not a man or a woman alive who uh, does not have at the core of who they are this this question of who am I, the core and the in the net of their their identity. And so, what do we learn from Jotham? What can we learn from this guy's life that will help us in our own lives? And the first thing that we learn from Jotham's life, what it means to be, is we, we got to be we got to be wise in who we choose to allow to define us. Who are we choosing to to define us? Everybody chooses somebody or somebody. You choose your mom, you choose your dad, you choose your culture, you choose your boss, you choose a coach, um, uh, you choose uh, your CEO, you choose an industry leader. Uh, who is it that you choose to allow to define you? In Jotham's life, Jotham chose to allow the Lord his God to define who he was. Jotham got his definition of who he was from the Lord, his God. Now, at some point in Jotham's life, his eyes were opened to the supernatural truth that God is real, God is active, God is alive, and God wins. That's really important. Not just just that God exists, but that God is on the battlefield of life and he wins. At some point in Jotham's life, we're not told when, he wakes up to the reality of that, to his own, not his daddy's belief, not his mommy's belief, not his, not his religion, not his Judaism, not the temple, not the synagogues didn't exist at the time. For Jotham himself, he woke up to the reality of the Lord his God on the battlefield of life. The, the creator of the universe was no myth or legend or regional deity in the life of Jotham. The creator was the one who birthed Israel as his chosen people through Abraham. The creator was the one who providentially determined that Jotham was to be king of Judah. And so what do we see in Jotham's life? You got to be careful who you let define who you are. Jotham chose to allow the Lord, his God, to define who he was. So let's look at this understanding of Lord for a moment. In most translations of the Bible, the word Lord in the Old Testament is in all caps. It's often in all caps. All caps Lord signifies that the original Hebrew word being translated is actually the name Yahweh. All caps Lord in the Hebrew is the word Yahweh. 
regular Lord, capital L or lowercase L-O-R-D, lowercase O, lowercase R, lowercase D, lowercase Lord signifies that the original Hebrew word being translated is Adonai, is Adonai. Second Chronicles 27, 6 says that the Lord, that Jotham ordered his ways according to the Lord, all caps, his God, which means that Jotham ordered his ways according to Yahweh, Yahweh, his God. Watch how important this is. In the first place, let me give you two things about the name Yahweh. In the first place, the name Yahweh suggests promise victory or deliverance. There's a lot of things and, and, and we can do a whole series on everything that, that Yahweh means. But one of the derivatives of Yahweh, one of the flavors, one of the elements in Yahweh is promise, victory, or deliverance. Yahweh, the name, originates from Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 3, God calls Moses to stand before Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt. Egypt at the time was the dominant world power, dominant world power. God calls Moses to stand before Pharaoh, watch this, and demand the freedom of the enslaved Israelites. Moses, just a guy, just a regular guy, is going to go stand before the dominant world power, the Pharaoh, the president, the Caesar, the king, and he is going to demand the release of the Israelite population. Now, while, while Israel was enslaved, Israel became the blue-collar workforce, blue workforce of the Egyptian economy. The, the, this was an enormous demand with cataclysmic economic and political implications. And of course, Moses was afraid, as you would be, as I would be. Moses was afraid. So what did he, he needed assurance. He needed assurance from this God that was calling him to go and stand before Pharaoh and do this deal. So he asked God to give him an answer. God, I need you to give me an answer for when I'm going to get asked. I'm going to get grilled. Who sent me to make such a ridiculous demand? I need to know when the Israelites ask me who sent me, and I need to know when Pharaoh asks me who sent me. Uh, how am I supposed to, who should I tell him sent me? And so God replies to Moses' request in Exodus 3.14. God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he says, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. In Hebrew, I am is the word Yahweh. I am is the word Yahweh. This name is rich in meaning and deep in substance. There's no tagline, no tagline, no nice little cliche that can capture the fullness of Yahweh. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, one aspect of the title Yahweh conveys the promise-keeping nature of God. The promise-keeping nature of God. Yahweh fulfills what he promises. Yahweh wins. He delivers. Yahweh even when confronted with liberating a million slaves from the dominant global empower, empire, does not lose. Does not lose. So when Jotham is deciding to whom he's going to look to to understand who he is, who am I going to choose to define who I am? Of course, of course, Jotham is going to look to Yahweh. Of course he is. Why would Jotham even settle? Why would he ever settle by letting anyone else define his life? He has the opportunity, Jotham does, to allow the creator of the universe to stamp, to imprint, to declare, Jotham does. He has the opportunity to allow Yahweh, the creator, to declare his identity. You kidding me? Can you imagine the internal stability available to Jotham that would result just by choosing to rest his definition in the words of Yahweh? 
Can you imagine internally what that would do to Jotham if he would just rest in and believe and embrace the stamp, the words that Yahweh wants to say about his life? That's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's the first bit of truth I want you to see about this name Yahweh is the promised one. He's a delivery. He's unstoppable. And he's somebody from whom uh, uh, Jotham uh, 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 got his... uh, God's identity. The second bit of truth regarding Yahweh that I want you to see in our time together today, and this pertains far more to us than it does to Jotham, is that in the New Testament, we learn that Yahweh is actually God our Father. Whoa. Yahweh is God our Father. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, and the Old Testament becomes God our Father in the New Testament. Yahweh, the one who wins, who always delivers on what he says, that's our dad. That's our dad. And who doesn't want to have a dad that wins all the time? That's powerful, man. Let me show you how this works out. Let me show you where we get this from. Jesus, questioned by some Pharisees about the identity of the Christ in Matthew 22, 41 to 46. Pharisees, religious leaders, they come to Jesus. They're continually challenging Jesus all throughout his ministry, and they are challenging Jesus on the identity of the Messiah. They're trying to figure out if Jesus is actually the Messiah. How does all of this work? And so Jesus says, hey, you want to play this game? I'll play this game with you. And Jesus replies to their question by quoting From Psalm 110, verse 1. Jesus quotes Psalm 110, verse 1. And he says, he quotes this. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord says to my Lord. Now, that's super confusing. Who is this Lord and who is the Lord that he's talking to? Who are these two Lords? Well, in the Hebrew, it's much cleaner. It's much cleaner. In the Hebrew, this verse says, Yahweh says to Adonai. All caps, Lord, says to lowercase Lord, sit at my right hand. Is that? Are you seeing that? All caps, Lord, Yahweh, says to lower caps, Lord, Adonai, sit at my right hand. Well, lowercase Lord, Adonai, is Christ, is Christ, which means Yahweh, all caps, Lord, is God the Father. We know that Jesus sits. Where does Jesus sit? We know scriptures attest to this all over the place. Jesus sits at the Father's right hand. So when Jesus himself is saying to a question about his identity being raised by the Pharisees, and the Pharisees say, who are you? How do we know that you're the Christ? Blah, blah, blah. Jesus responds and says, quote Psalm 110.1, and Yahweh says to Adonai, I am Adonai, my father is Yahweh. So who Jotham knew as Yahweh in the Old Testament, you and I have the opportunity to know as God our Father. The creator of the universe, the deliverer of Israel is our dad, is our dad. So watch this. As Yahweh, deliverer of Israel, creator of the universe, our dad, bestowed on Jotham the title of king of Judah, so too he bestows on every one of us who will believe in Jesus the title son or daughter son or daughter. Imagine again, imagine again the confidence Jotham would enjoy by choosing to rest who he is in the words of Yahweh, God, the deliverer of Israel. Imagine what it would do to him internally to quiet those storms, to bring that, that all those voices to rest just by trusting in the truth of who Yahweh, what Yahweh is saying about who he is. Imagine that in Jotham's life. Now, let's translate that into your life and translate that into my life. Imagine the internal confidence and security and power and joy that is available to you and to me if you choose to rest who you are in the words of God our Father, Yahweh. The one, by the way, God our Father, 
who offers liberation from satanic tyranny and not deliverance from Egypt, but deliverance from the domain of darkness, not deliverance by Moses, but deliverance through his son, Jesus Christ. Imagine what it would be like to rest who you are. I want to be. We're in this world of be. We're in this year of be, build, and fight. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it's like to relax back every single day and embrace the reality of who the creator of the universe has stamped you to be? Can you imagine relaxing into and experiencing and embracing and holding on to only the words that God our Father says about you? You got to believe that He is. As um, Jotham, Yahweh, God, could not be a legend. He could not be a myth. He could not not be something that was regional or someone that was regional. Jotham had to believe that, that God was, that God existed, and he had to believe that Yahweh would win. He had to believe that Yahweh would is winning on the battlefield. He has to know that Yahweh's on the battlefield. You need to know that our Father is at work on the battlefield. No one wants to attach themselves to a loser. No one does. And no one wants to be defined by someone who's passive. God is up there and he's not doing anything down here. But God, our Father's definition of who we are, for God, our Father's definition uh, uh, of who we are to have meaning, he must be winning on the battlefield. For we live on the battlefield and we take daily hits from bombs and bullets on the battlefield. We name it, need a name that has tremendous power, power that cannot be overcome. We need to be able to rest our souls in the fortress of truth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that Yahweh, God our Father, the creator of the universe, provides it. He provides it. He provides it. Just as no nation could stand against Jotham's Israel when they were faithful to Yahweh, no attacker, no lie, no weapon can stand against the one whose life draws solely from the truth of our Father. You have an opportunity. I have an opportunity. When confronted with this question every day, who am I? Who am I is a penetrating question that quickly exposes our core like no other question. Exposes our core like no other question. The answer has tremendous power, power that can stabilize the soul and power that can make one feel like they're living on shifting sand. There's no turmoil like the turmoil of a person whose identity is uncertain. Twist in the wind. That's a terrible way to live. That's a terrible way to live. And you don't have to be like that. Jotham's life teaches us. He ordered his ways. He was mighty because he ordered his ways according to the Lord, all caps, the Lord his God. Who are you, who's, in whose ways are you ordering your life according to? Who are you allowing to define who you are? This is something that we embrace. It's something that we believe in, that we have been made children of the living God. And it is something that we must actively draw on. For every day we live on the battlefield of life. Every day we, the bombs come and the bullets hit. Every day. Uh, every single room that we go into. We have the opportunity to actively draw power today from the truth that we have been made sons and daughters of Yahweh. We can breathe deeply. We got to let all other definitions and those who have defined us be erased from our souls so that as we walk into a room of others whose presence may feel like they're attacking us, we declare that our life and our definitions do not come from any single person in that room. Our definitions come from God our Father. You see yourself in the fortress of your father's truth. Don't shrink back. Do not engage in their games. Rest in the overflow of the life that is yours in the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Man, so much of the vitality that is available to us comes again organically out of this wellspring of resting in, relaxing in to who it is that we've been made according to the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I pray that it's been helpful to you as we look at the life of Jotham. May there's healing that's involved, God our Father, for those whose identities have been wounded in so many different ways that we'll continue to get into throughout this year. I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would offer them would offer them healing, that your love, Lord God, would arrest their hearts, that your truth would overcome the lies, and that, Father, my brothers and sisters can live in the power and the power and the joy and the wonder of those who have been made by grace your blessed children. Father, go before us. And if this has been helpful to you, certainly appreciate you sharing this on your social media channels all over the place, all over the place as we try to reach more and more people with the great news of the life-giving work of the Father, the Son in our, in our lives, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in our lives. And we will be back together again next week as we seek to live life in the overflow. God bless. Thank you for joining us in the overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.